Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, I'm the host of the podcast, Thomas Bendit, and manager at BT Powerhouse. And we're continuing on with the season preview series here for the 2019-20 Big Ten basketball season. Uh, just a, a team or two left uh, and finishing up here with, uh, with Penn State. And to help us break down the Nittany Lions, we have Eli on. Uh, Eli, how you do? How you doing? Um, and moreover, uh, if you if you could just take a second to introduce yourself uh, to our listeners and, and where they can check you out. Hi everyone, I'm Ellie. I'm a writer over at uh, Black Shoe Diaries. I uh, focus on Penn State basketball for the most part, but uh, since Penn State is a football school, I dabble into football from time to time as well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. I, I didn't hear you a little earlier, but, uh, <laughs> uh no but thanks. Happens all th- the time. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, why don't we just start with, uh, you know, general, uh, what's the, what's the vibe uh, among the Penn state fan base coming into the season? Uh, obviously there's a lot of debate about Pat chambers and whether he should be the head coach moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how are fans feeling coming into a season that, Seems like it should be better uh, on paper. Um, I would say the 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 feelings are are very split. There are two two main camps with a, a sprinkling of like in between. But you have the you have the camp that is decidedly had enough. They've seen what they <laughs> need to see from Pat Chambers, and they don't think. He is the man to take Penn State to the promised land. There is the camp that says, although they have no tournament appearances to show for it, Pat Chambers has done something that no one has done before him, which is to recruit at a high enough level to actually compete with teams in the Big Ten. Um, one of the statistics that show that is that outside of his first season, uh, Chambers has actually had a win against a top 25 team every year um, on campus. So, so that's mm-hmm. kind of where the, where the fan base stands. Uh, and then there's the, the, that cushy middle, the wait and see people who are not necessarily against the guy they're not necessarily for him either. They just they just want to see how the season goes. And and as you said, um, the media and the 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 advanced stats seem to think that this year should be the year for the Nittany Lions. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I've been uh, personally. I'm I'm a little bit of a, a a Pat Chambers critic, and and I voice that on the podcast a lot. Um, but it is interesting to hear about the, you know, sort of the split, the different camps, um, and should make for a, a pretty interesting season for the Nittany Lions. Um, but with that, why don't, why don't we get into the roster here a little bit? Uh, Penn State, they are losing a, a couple key contributors this offseason. Um, however, also bringing in some new guys. Uh, could you touch on uh, who Penn State is losing this offseason and then also on uh, maybe some new contributors this year? The biggest loss for from last year's team um, is going to be Josh Reeves. Uh, he was a four-year starter. He was a defensive nightmare for just about everyone in, uh, in the conference, so much <laughs> so that he led the conference in steals 
his sophomore, junior, and senior seasons. Um, and he was named the Defensive Player of the Year last season. The other key piece that departed last, uh, last season due to transfer and not graduation is uh, Rajir Bolton. He uh, took his talents to Iowa State. Uh, we hope uh, for the best for him uh, up in Iowa. And uh, mm -hmm. those uh, are actually the only two substantial losses that Penn State um, sustained in the offseason. And some new players that will probably become household names for Penn State fans very quickly are going to be Isaiah Brockington. He is a transfer from St. Bonaventure. He sit, sat out last year, and he is now eligible this year. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore, I believe. He has the same build and physical abilities as Josh Reeves. So the hope is that he would fill that defensive powerhouse role. Um, mm -hmm. The one difference that Brockington has that um, Reeves lacked is that um, at St. Bonaventure, his freshman season, he did show a better shooting uh, prowess. So we're hoping that um, along with uh, physical abilities on defense, he can actually shoot the ball a little bit more. Um, another uh, guy that's probably going to see a lot of playing time is uh, Seth Lundy. He was a three or four star player, depending on which service you look at, um, in the 2019 recruiting class. So, and out of Roman Catholics, where Tony Carr, Lamar Stevens, um, Jeff Garner, and all the good players Penn State has had over the previous few years come from. So it's just uh, another one in the long line of, of Roman Catholic players. He's probably, um, although he's listed as a forward, he's probably going to project more to a guard uh, this time um, in this season, according to Chambers. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So he's probably going to spend a lot of time, um, like maybe in the three and four positions. Um, and then this one is not a newcomer. He was a freshman last season. Uh, but also, um, Myron Jones is someone who will probably take the bulk of the minutes that would have gone to Roger Bolton this season. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I'm, I'm in total agreement. I mean, obviously, Reeves is, is the big departure this year, as well as Bolton in a, a lesser sense, but also a significant loss. And then uh, newcomers, you know, a, a couple transfers. We'll, we'll see Curtis Jones as, as well as a guy that I, I think fans should keep an eye on here. Um, but uh, yeah, an interesting recruiting class, a couple of three-star guys there that you'd expect to help fill out the depth chart. So it, it should be an interesting uh, roster here. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, guys coming in, guys going out. Um, as far as the overall team, uh, what do you think are going to be some of the strengths here for the Nittany Lions? And then conversely, uh, what are you, the are you the most concerned about here for Penn State coming into this year? This is going to sound pretty cliche, uh, but before I get into the strengths and weaknesses, um, on Curtis Jones, uh, I just want to point out that his, um, his transfer waiver hasn't been cleared yet because he's a double mm, transfer. Yeah. So it's possible that he doesn't actually play the first part of the season. So be on the lookout for that whenever the NCAA decides that he wants, they want to clear the waiver. Um, now, on to the team itself. 
Um, it's I'm 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 not really maybe not going to give an answer that anyone isn't <laughs> expecting, but defense is how what Pat Chambers teams do. So that's what that's what's going to be the strength of of the team. Um, they are I think in the top. 50 top 25 uh, preseason Kempton projections on defense. I expect that to hold. Um, and then I'm looking for shooting. That has been their Achilles heel for the past eight seasons. And there is theoretically no reason to believe that it's going to change this season. Um, so I want to see more of what we saw on the NIT winning season. By the end of the year, you had two players in Shep Garner and Tony Carr that Mm -hmm. were shooting above 40% from three. I need to see maybe Miles Dredd will take that role and then someone else. Lamar Stevens has been actually practicing a lot of outside shots. Seth Lundy, from all accounts, is a good enough shooter, probably not going to hit 40% or more. But if he can give the Nittany Lions something on the shooting uh, side of things, then I'll feel more comfortable about the team as a whole. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, from from my perspective, uh, the front court coming into this year, you know, obviously, you note Lamar Stevens, who is, I mean, on paper, certainly a top five player in the Big Ten. You know, we've seen players go up and down in given seasons, but uh, at least coming in, he looks like one of the best players in the league. Uh, and maybe he'll get a little bit of All-American buzz, uh, probably not first team, but maybe, you know, second or third team some places if if Penn State has the season fans are hoping for. Um, and then uh, I, I like Watkins a lot. I know he's been inconsistent, but when he's playing well, he's a, a fantastic shot blocker, uh, pretty productive big man. So I, I think that's a, a real strength there. Um, and there's a lot of young guys, too. Uh, you know, you mentioned Dredd and, and Wheeler and, uh, you know, we'll see if, if Curtis Jones is around, I guess. But uh, um, a lot a lot of other uh, Jones, not as young, obviously, but um a lot of guys who could be potential breakout players for the team. So I, I like that. Um, on the other side, uh, I, I hate to get back to this, but I, I do think it is a, my biggest concern is, you know, what's Chambers going to do with this team? You know, they have underachieved in, in some of the past years, per, in my view, uh, with him. Um, there's talent here, and, and we'll see what happens. It's sort of the, uh, you know, can they actually get the job done question. But it, it should be interesting. Uh, but with that, you know, we, we've talked about the roster as a whole, you know, some of the new faces uh, that the team's going to have. Um, obviously, I, I think it's a safe bet that Lamar Stevens is probably projected as the team's best player. Uh, if you had to choose a, uh, a, a Robin here to uh, Lamar Stevens uh, as Batman, uh, who would you pick? Um, in terms of raw talent, it's got to be Mike Watkins. Um, yes, he's had his up and down moments, especially with the off the field um, revelations that we came to know about um, with his uh, mental uh, challenges and and other off 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 the field uh, issues that he's had. Um, another player that I would put right there, along with Watkins, is um, is Miles Red. 
Um, it is, it's, it's kind of a foregone pro conclusion that once Stevens and Watkins are gone, Dredd is going to be the face of the program. So I wouldn't be too surprised if he takes on that leadership role now and it just becomes a, a, a seamless transition moving forward. So uh, it, it, I'm going to say it's a tie between Mike Watkins and Miles Dredd. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I guess, I guess moving, taking a step back a little bit from there. Um, and I, I would say I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as well, you know, before we move on. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd take Watkins, as I mentioned, probably is the, the second best guy, but certainly, a, a dread has some, uh, some high potential there for, for down the road. Uh, but we've hit on the roster here. Um, why don't we get into the, the schedule here for a second, uh, we kind of know what to expect out of out of Big Ten play, you know, with the twenty game slate. Generally, you're going to be playing everybody twice, a couple teams once, but for the most part, the schedule it is what it is. Uh, but the non conference slate, Penn State, I I like this. I like this schedule for the most part. Um, a lot of interesting games, and for the most part, a lot of them winnable. You know, they get Alabama, they get Ole Miss in Brooklyn. Um, they're going to get Yale, uh, a road game at Georgetown. A lot of these look winnable on paper. Um, anything that grabs your attention as far as the schedule and specifically the the non-conference slate? Um, we're going to know what kind of team Penn State is very early <laughs> because their third game of the season is that road game against Georgetown. They are able to go to uh, Georgetown, a team that – or a program, rather, that has way more history – than Penn State does, and actually steal a win from, and I expect uh, the Nittany Lions to actually be uh, underdogs in that game. So if they can go out and win that game early, um, it'll set the tone for what we actually should expect from this team. And then not too long after that Georgetown game, you have games against Ole Miss and either Syracuse or Oklahoma State. Take one of those two, and maybe the non-conference portion of the schedule will set you up for a potential run. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that the home game against Alabama, as you said, is very winnable. Um, Alabama's uh, lost some key pieces from last season. So, and, and of course, Penn State was playing at home. Yale, Cornell, and Bucknell are actually kind of tricky. Bucknell, because they've played Penn State so often and they always get up for that game. Yale and Cornell, because they're, they're actually not terrible teams. They're probably not great teams, but, but they're, they're not just going to roll over and die uh, mm -hmm. when they play. So I'm, I'm concerned about those three. But really, it's all about going out and beating Georgetown and setting the tone for the rest of the season. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like I said, I, I don't think there's a, a singular game, maybe the Georgetown game, just because it's the, the first uh, real opponent on the schedule. Uh, yeah. But I don't think I don't think there's a game here in the non-conference where you're like, wow, you know, this is some top tier elite opponent. I mean, maybe Syracuse surprises or something. But generally speaking, uh, that's a good thing, I think, for Penn State, because it means like I, we were talking about, you know, a lot of these games they should be able to win if, if they play well. So that should be good. Maybe this team can get some momentum coming into big 10 play. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, project, you know, what would have happened if they had won this game or that game, but certainly that was a, an issue last year. And, and obviously fans are hoping 
that that doesn't happen uh, this time around. Um, but with that, uh, talked about the schedule a little bit. Um, the starting lineup, uh, it, it should be interesting. Again, you know, we mentioned Reeves is out. Bolton, are he's out as well. Uh, do you have a projection as far as the starting lineup? And if so, uh, what is it? I'm going to cheat because the team already announced the starters <laughs> for tomorrow. Okay. Fair so enough. I'm going to take those. Uh, Miles Dredd, Lamar Stevens, <laughs> Mike Watkins, Jamari Wheeler, and Isaiah Brockington. Now, that said, um, Myron Jones is going to play a lot of minutes. Um, Seth Lundy, I projected that he was going to play around 10 minutes a game. It's mm-hmm. looking like he's probably going to play more if Curtis Jones isn't available um, yeah. to play. Um, and then a sprinkling of... Um, I expect Patrick Kelly to to not really play much this season if, if they, he might even get a red shirt. Um, John Hara, of course, is going to back up um, Watkins, so he's going to see a lot of time. Um, and then... Trent Buttrick is is a, a player that I don't really know what to do with. He's, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, had great practices for the past two years, but somehow he never seems to make it into the field or the court, rather. Um, but Pat Chambers always sings his praises at uh, press conferences and all of this, uh, you know. So I'm not really sure what to do there, but I guess, you know, when you when you go beyond the, the top five um, that I mentioned at first, uh, I would say it's going to be Myron Jones, it's going to be John Hara, and, and it's going to be Seth Lundy, and that's your top eight. And then if Curtis Jones is actually eligible before the semester ends, I would put him um, in that mix in the top eight. Um, and then maybe Trent Buttrick makes it onto the field. We'll see. Yeah, it should it should be interesting. Um, I I know the Curtis Jones thing is obviously hanging over this whole thing like like a black cloud a little bit, just because uh, who knows when the NCAA is going to make up its mind. Uh, it's kind of crazy that they they haven't already, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think your front court is pretty secure. I know there was some drama about maybe Watkins not starting, and obviously he had he had his issues last year, but. I, I think Penn State's best lineup has Watkins starting at center, uh, Stevens, and and certainly I, I think Dread and Wheeler are are definitely going to be starters here moving forward. And then it's really just about the last spot. You know, can Curtis Jones get eligible or not, or when does he? Uh, that that's hanging over there. Um, I did I did want to ask you uh, what what do you think of uh, of Hera coming into this year? Do you think that's a legitimate thing that he can actually push Watkins, or do you think this is maybe a motivational technique just to to try to get more out of Watkins? Um, that's a great question, and I don't have the best answer for it. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just talk about what the way I see it. Okay, Hera is fundamentally sound. He knows his role. He knows why he's put on the court and he goes out and does it. He does not have the kind of talent Watkins has. Um, and that's just, that's just reality, right? He, he doesn't have the talent Watkins uh, brings to the table. And when Watkins goes in and he's on, he's really on. Um, so because of that, 
I think there's only so much that Hera can actually do to push the issue. But I think the reason Hera saw a lot more time last season that you would think is because of Watkins' own issues, which by um, all by, by all accounts and even in his own interviews, he's he's been he hasn't been shy about addressing uh, the elephant in the room. And and you know when you're dealing with with bipolar disorder, you know that it it makes sense that sometimes you know the downs are really down. And sometimes mm-hmm. the ups are really up. But that's that's perfectly understandable and it, and it makes sense why Hera saw more time. But I don't actually think um, Hera's time on the court had anything to do with like uh, uh, motivational uh, reasons and it's more it was more out of just Watkins may have been having uh, a hard time last season and, and now both physically and mentally. And now mm-hmm. it seems like he's been able to to overcome those uh, issues uh, to the best of his ability. So, so I think this season, what we're going to see out of Hera is what we were supposed to see last season, where is he comes in, he does his job, fulfills his role, and then cedes to Watkins uh, basically for most of the game. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, we're, we're all a step or two removed here. So it's, it's just us speculating, I guess. But uh, I was just curious if you, you had any thoughts um, on that front. Um, and one more before we get to sort of the, the season predictions and, you know, the big picture stuff, which, which everybody always loves. Uh, X factors. Uh, obviously, again, we we've talked about Stevens. He's kind of a proven commodity. We talked about Watkins. He sort of is what he is at this point. Do you? Who do you see as the X factor on this team? And if Penn State is going to live up to the hype, so to speak, and make the NCAA tournament, uh, what player you know really does need to surprise in a positive way? Myron Jones. He showed flashes last season. Um, he didn't see the. But he didn't get much playing time at first, but his playing time started to increase as the season went, and he did not disappoint. Um, I think in the second Rutgers game, the one day um, they played at the rack, he had a tremendous uh, outing. And then from there on out, he saw a lot more time than he was seeing. And if he if this version of Myron Jones, the one that played the, the last third of the season, shows up more consistently this season, I like Penn State's chances. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, that's an interesting selection. He is not someone who I would have thought of, but uh, certainly, you know, if, if Penn State can improve that backcourt court production and, and get a couple of guys to break out there, uh, it could be a, a big year for Penn state. Uh, but with that, why don't we get to uh, season predictions here? Um, I'm not going to ask you, you know, pick game by game or, or anything ridiculous like that. Uh, but do you have an overall season prediction? Uh, if you do, uh, do you think Penn state makes the postseason? And if so, uh, where do they end up landing? I'll give you, I'll give you two predictions. I'll give you the fan prediction. Okay. I'll give you the actual prediction that I think will happen. So as a fan, <laughs> I'm hoping for 24-7. Okay. They go 
they lose one game in the non-conference, and then they win 13 Big Ten games. And, or 14 Big Ten games, I guess. Um, my math is wrong, but they oh, lose one non-conference game, go 24-7, uh, if that's even possible. And then what I think will actually happen is they're going to go somewhere between 19-12 and 21-10, depending on how they do in the, non, um, in the non-conference. I do think they're probably going to hover around 10 or 11 Big Ten wins. And then depending on how they do in the non-conference, that's going to put them either at 19-12 or 21-10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I have Penn State uh, currently at, slated for tenth in the Big Ten, which probably isn't super exciting to hear from from Nittany Lions fans. However, as you've noted, uh, we've seen teams you know not have a losing record in Big Ten play and still make the NCAA tournament. A lot of it comes down to which wins, you know, when you win, who you beat, etc. You know, we we've seen the whole thing, and I I think. Penn State can make it even without a a remarkable Big Ten finish. You know, if they're close to around 500, if they win those non-conference games, they can get in because the Big Ten's been very good recently. Um, You're not going to have many bad losses in league play just because the depth of the Big Ten. So I I think that's something that, you know, Penn State should take a little bit of solace in. But uh, certainly, you know, it's going to come down to, we we've seen it before many times, you know, there's going to be a stretch in January, February, everybody has it where you, you lose a couple tough ones and how does the team respond? And really, I, I think that's what it's going to come down to for the Nittany Lions. Um, and, you know, before we go and, and do our final thoughts here, um, I do have to ask it just because uh, it has been talked about a lot. Um, should Penn state, not reach reach the NCAA tournament, not have a successful season. Uh, do you think Pat Chambers will be back for another year, um, or do you think this is it for him? It's a foregone conclusion at this point that if he doesn't make the tournament, he's not coming back. So I even it's not even about speculation anymore. It's about like he knows it. We all know it. Everyone knows it. It's NCAA tournament or bust. Um, wow. and, okay. and barring some unforeseen circumstance like half the team catches the plague and they can't play uh, <laughs> thing you know like unless something like that happens he knows it everyone knows it and, and on paper this is the best combination of talent and experience he's ever had on paper this is the perfect combination of quality in the big 10 whereas it's not too top heavy um, mm-hmm. But the bottom is in so awful that, you know, there are no empty wins. Um, so in, in, this, in this season, based on what he has, 10-10, like you're, you're predicting a 10th place, right? And I'm mm-hmm. predicting a record of 10-10. In this season, 10-10 might actually be 10th place in the big game. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's now or never. Um, I know... This may have been said a couple of times in the past, but at this point, it really, this really is now or never. Okay, throwing down the gauntlet. I like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the same boat. Although I've I've like I said I've I've been a bit of a critic the last few years. So uh, 
you know, take it for what it what it's worth. But uh, this is a big year for him, and it, it's going to be a real hard sell to bring him back after this year. Obviously, if if they things don't go well, but at this time, it's all hopeful. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Ellie, any final thoughts here on Penn State on the Big Ten? Uh, anything else uh, before we let you go? I can't wait for college season to begin. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, thanks again for joining us. And and before we let you go, if you want to just again let people know where they can check you out and and check out your stuff. Uh yes, I'm on uh, blackshoediaries.com. Um, I write mostly about basketball, but I dabble in football. So come check me out. Excellent. Well, thank thanks again, and to all our listeners, as always, you can check me out on Twitter at tbendit. Uh, make sure to check out BT Powerhouse. All of our season previews are up. Big Ten Power Rankings are, are dropping tomorrow. Uh, everything is is going to be uh, flying through uh, the content uh, sphere here with, with college basketball back on Tuesday. Thank you for everyone for joining us. Rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for having me.